you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am one of those people. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim, who pulls all of us together at Solo PR Pro. How are you doing, Karen? I'm doing great, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, first day of summer is behind us. And uh, you know what? can I be perfectly honest and tell yeah. you that I missed it? I, I almost did too. I thought, oh, I, I I still think we're in that, I hate to say pandemic ramp down, but you know, of still kind of like blurring past some of these milestones. And I feel like I have to be more intentional yeah. about, oh, right. This is this day. This is what I normally feel on this day. Yeah. <laughs> to kind I of get some of that back. I actually enjoy celebrating the start of summer. And um somebody sent an email and I just um I, I was like, oh, is that happening soon? <laughs> Still like not competing. I know. I oh, know. It, it happened and I missed it. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, oh, July 4th is when? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, but oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not in touch with that at all. No, no, we've got time. We've got time. Well, I'm excited to kick off summer with a little spice, a little sauciness for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, today we're going to talk about hot topics. Hot topics. We certainly we have. Hot. I mean, outside of the PR world, people will be like, is that really your version of like a hot topic? This is not the uh, Wendy Williams show, but <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> in line with our branding. That's right. That's we right. have to keep it in our own little nerdosphere. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're going we're going to kick this off with um, Blade. Not the was that a Wesley Snipes movie? Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It right? Well, not that, but the Uber for helicopters that invented a fake spokesperson that they used for three years. And gee, how unethical is that? That's amazing. Yeah. So if you guys have not read this story, it was in Business Insider. And if you don't have a subscription, we will share a link in our show notes that is um, a public link. And um, I, I believe the story came out on Monday and and it swept through the PR world because it's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. And this is the kind of stuff that puts, you know, public relations in a terrible light. So yeah. first and foremost, it's completely unethical. They, and, and I was, I still like am shocked every time I like read it again, because yeah. it was the CEO of the company who yeah. created this fake name and fake person. And they, made it a real person. And he was the spokesperson for the company for three whole years. So the lie was sustained, the lie involved the rest of the company. So imagine, you know, we, we talk a lot about ethics and how ethical leadership produces the best results and how it's really important to have a foundation of ethics and to have this culture of two-way communication so that your employees are comfortable mentioning red flags. And the CEO initiated this unethical behavior, roped his entire staff into it, like had people calling and booking meetings with this fake spokesperson. It, It just, and the lack of trust from the media is one level of it, but how are customers supposed to trust 
anything that you say when you weren't even honest about who your spokesperson was. Right. And and I mean, the, the, the lengths to which they took this, they had a blog on Medium under this, this, you know, fake person's byline. And then they created this whole internal drama when this person that doesn't even exist was let go. And that was shortly before the company went public because I surely had, they had an idea that, oh, you know, we might get found out. Well, guess what? You, you did get found out and you sound ridiculous. And now you expect us to trust you to take us up in the air? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's a really good point because we know, I mean, if you go back and look at Edelman Trust Barometer over the past several years, you will see why we're hammering on this topic. Trust is so critical. And and it always has been because you buy from people that you like, know, trust. Right. If if I'm going up in a helicopter, I want to know that the company has a great safety record. I want, and if I, you lied about your spokesperson. What else are you lying about? Are you lying about your right. safety standards? Are you lying right. about your records? I mean, it just calls everything into question for me. And I'm sure many other consumers, here's the thing that I still cannot understand. Yeah. It's so unnecessary to create a fake persona to talk to the media. The CEO right. could have been the spokesperson for the company. Many right. of our own clients, our CEOs are one or the only spokesperson. Exactly. That's acceptable. And it's a great thing. The media loves talking to the, you know, the CEO of the company and getting that leadership perspective and getting the broader vision. So I have no idea why they felt the need even to engage in this unethical behavior. It was, it was just dumb. Yeah. It was a dumb decision. And to take it to the degree they did just turn, you know, it was just turned around to be so flat out disrespectful to anyone that yeah. they work with. That, oh, you think this is cute? You think this is funny? I mean, what, what, what is the well, point? Can you imagine <laughs> newsrooms across the country who spoke with and covered this person? Because what, what they don't understand is that as a reporter, this is your job and your integrity and you're a professional as well. And to find out that you published something that was really a lie. And, and now you don't even know if what any of what they said was true because they couldn't even be, you know, honest about who you were speaking with. I feel like it really um, is not just disrespectful, but you put those, those um, journalists in a terrible position within their own companies and make them look bad. You, you have, diminish their integrity with their audience as well. And that, that just is not okay to me. Yeah, it, it's no. not okay. No, it, it makes no sense. It was a really stupid move and it, it kind of speaks to, to our next hot topic of, you know, it, it, it adds to the notion that as anyone with a keyboard who can string a line together can do our jobs, you know, it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. I understand you. Uh, and, and we've all seen how this does not work. And, you know, some companies are still okay with that. And some, you know, thankfully see the the error of their ways and they come back around. But another trend we are seeing, and it's not even only in our industry, but the great resignation. People are just quitting their jobs. We are seeing staffing shortages everywhere. And, you know, in some industries like the summer restaurant industry, I know, you know, living as close as I do to the Jersey Shore, 
they rely on a lot of foreign college students coming in and working for the summer. You know, it's Wildwood's usually full of Irish kids who <laughs> come for the summer to work, but the COVID has yeah. really put a kibosh on that. So between that and people just reevaluating, I well, can't... it's funny that you say that because yeah. that's working in reverse too. We've got other countries, you know, saying, come work here for a year. We'll give you free rent. Yeah. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. And, um, you know, people are like, hey, I wanted to be a digital nomad. This is a great opportunity. Yeah. You had something where you could come and live in, in their different properties for a one-year contract of just, you know, working and living from everywhere. So yeah. Um, it's an environment that, you know, just like the housing market is a seller's market right now. I feel like yeah. this is a worker's market. Oh, to- like, uh, l- like I've never seen, I know in my lifetime, which is, is kind of exciting. And it's like, well, let's see where this, this goes. I I've seen, um, you know, restaurant owners at the Jersey shore have, have said, please, you know, summer is here. And that means crowds, you know, people are here. And so please know that it, your dining experience may take three hours because we do not have the people. So just know. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And- We're seeing, you know, airline short. I mean, every, yeah. there is definitely, and, and I'm sure that many of you solos out there, I'm seeing this with my clients. They're having a hard time filling positions. Yeah. They're paying great money and yeah. great companies and they are just not finding the talent. But yeah. I know that you guys are like, okay, but we're solo PR pros. What? on earth does this have to do with all of us? We're going to tell you because the great resignation does not have to be about just traditional employees. We think that solos need to get in on some of this action and start to get a little more chutzpah and resign from some of those rotten, horrible, toxic, abusive clients. It is a market where well, work is out there and it drives me crazy when I hear Solo say, you know, maybe you had a downturn during the pandemic because of the markets that you serve and you're kind of rebuilding your business and sure. you're a little shaky. And I under I completely understand that. So know, first of all, that I understand it and we empathize with your position. But what I hear are things like, well, you know, I only have one client right now as I'm building my business back up. And so I have to, I have to do this, or I have to keep this work, or I have to do these things you're asking me to do. And I know that this is not the right way. And I, but I have to, no, you don't, you have to, if that's what you believe, because that's what you believe. But if you believe that, Hey, I don't have to take anything that is not aligned with the business that I want to have and the life that I want to have, um, then that's true too. And we want you to see that there are agencies that can't find people. They can't find talent. They're shorthanded. There are internal departments that are overwhelmed right now. They can't focus on anything because they have too many priorities and they can't do all the work themselves. There are companies that need to get their brand out there. They need help with their brand storytelling. They need help with, you know, earn um, media. They need help with content marketing. So there is just an abundance of opportunities for solo PR pros. And in this environment, you need to seize this, this, you know, spirit of, you know, we're not going to take it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Cue the quiet riot. (laughs) 
I feel like I feel like there's this big like I feel like everybody is giving everything a middle finger. Like we're not going back to the office. <laughs> you figure out a different way for me to work. That's By the way, take your job and stick it where the sun don't shine. I just feel like people have just like the pandemic has unleashed like this confidence in people like. I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. not taking that. It has. It has. <laughs> we, we, we've had too much time to think. You know, too we, much we, time to think. And it's like, all, and by all, the way, while I was off working at home, ha- being really happy, I realized I don't want to commute for a whole hour to and yeah. from work every day. Right. And all of those meetings that you pulled me into in my office, I don't want to do that anymore. And how yeah. about... I realize that I kind of hate you too. (laughs) 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 Well, first of all, you're giving me marching band bus flashbacks. Now I've got quiet riot in my head. But anyway. (laughs) This is where we need Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner, if you're out there and you want to share a clip of our show and like, Put on your band outfit and grab your <gasps> instrument. We will love you. Bandos <laughs> unite. Yes. Yes. But you know, it's it's so true. I mean I mean, not only do client relationships have a life cycle, right? I was talking about this with another friend slash colleague yesterday. You know, you can feel when when either you're starting to pull away or they are, right? It, you just kind of get weary. You know, maybe it's just been too long, or it's, you know, you've you've taken them to, to a certain level and you know that you know maybe they're not ready for the next or you're not the one to take them there it's there's so much opportunity to be had and it's as simple and I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to everyone else yeah. it's as simple as you know the agencies in your in your area or in you know hey we've got wi-fi we can touch base with anybody yes drop a line yeah. you know find someone who knows someone just put the feelers out use linkedin Send an email. Yeah. You don't know if you might be the answer to someone's prayer. Going like, oh my gosh, I need to find someone really good who does this. You guys, I promise you, there's so much work out there. There is so much work, but Michelle is right. You have to ask for it. You have to look for it. You cannot sit on the sidelines. And here's the great thing. Our solo audience is in the perfect position to take advantage of this yeah. wave of need because your experience. No one has to train you to do your job. You're seasoned professionals. You know strategy. You're not just a, a one-trick pony. So you you yeah. have the benefit over maybe people that are limited by job descriptions and the kinds of things that they can do because you have a, a breadth and depth of knowledge and you understand full public relations. I mean, you have the skill set, the experience People want you. You just yeah. have to let them know that you're out there and you're available. And so please do not feel like you have to take less than or you're you're scrounging for crumbs because there's so much work. So right. much work. Right. And and you know, from the financial perspective, you might think, oh, I might not get my rate. Look, listen, it's far more expensive for them to employ you once you add the employment tax on top and benefits and this, that, and the other. You come at a bargain, even at your full rate. So don't forget that. Please Do don't forget, forget that. that. No. So um, I think we started with lies, but I think, you know, uh, in the vein of, you know, systems and, and structures and processes, like 
falling down or we're burning it down. Um, <laughs> it seems like athletes are leading the way at changing yeah. the media relations for their sport. And I think that that is going to have some overflow. Yes. Um, I kind of love this. You know, I yeah. love the media and I love the journalists who are addressing this trend as well and and are so self-aware and saying, it's not them. Hmm, maybe it's us. Maybe we need to look at how we handle these press conferences and do it a little bit differently. But right. I love that this whole infrastructure is crashing down yeah. around us. Um, yeah. Because it it's, needed to die. <laughs> yeah, it, it started with the bravery of Naomi Osaka, who said, you know, I'm not doing these press conferences. And, and I had no idea that these were contractual obligations. And I think, I'm sorry, you're an elite athlete. Your job is to win at your sport. Not, oh, and then you have to sit at this table and be peppered with questions. You know, that's, that's right, Finnegan. <laughs> if you're my dog I agree. Barking, in agreement. I agree. And I, I think it speaks to that whole like blurring of the lines. Like I yeah. truly enjoy sports reporting. I love a deep analysis of the game. I love, you know, when it sticks to the sport itself and yeah, it's nice to get, you know, background stories on the athletes, but I think that this whole, cause it feels like it's a, it's an ambush style interview that thank you tabloids for that culture really taking hold in journalism. And so I, I think that, and that's created a lot of problems, right? Because now everybody is, is writing for links and clicks. And it's not the journalists that want to do this. It's the media properties that employ them that are all going for the gotcha. And that whole gotcha culture has taken over for great reporting. And I know that journalists want to do great reporting. They love the media stories. And, you know, and, and if they're humorous, they want to write humorous stories. They all want to do their jobs because they're professionals too. And they're right. caught between a rock and a hard place as well. Um, but I, I think this needs to change and it will be better for them because they get to go back to doing what they really went to school to do, what they trained to do, what right. they want to do, um, and not, you know, have to play these stupid games. And I, yeah. I always like cringe, like somebody just lost a match and you're asking them these questions. It's so demoralizing and yeah. so like, ick, like, yeah. How the hell do you think I feel? It's, it's like the stories where somebody's house burned down and you say, how are you feeling? <laughs> how do you feel? Now? Well, how do you think I feel? I feel like punching you in the face because I just lost everything that I have. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's how I really feel. And, and and I think, too, there's a couple of things on this on this front. You know, just because you're an elite athlete doesn't mean that you are skilled at fielding, you know, a full-on press conference, you know, that may not be in your wheelhouse. It's not like you're yeah. a singer or an actor where your job is to communicate yeah. and talk about the art that you're communicating. You know, you're, you're hitting a ball with skill. You're strategizing. That's not, I, I remember, you know, back in the seventies, the Phillies locker room, Steve Carlton never gave an interview. Like he's Steve. Yeah. Carlton. He's one of the best pitchers in the world. You know, I I don't know what his reasons were, except maybe he thought I'm not good at this, or I'm a quiet, private guy, or what I did on the field. I gave you enough to talk about. You don't need to ask me about it. I I don't know. That I mean, I guess say you know, if we go to the world of entertainment, um, Beyonce doesn't do interviews, right? right? Doesn't make her any less entertaining. 
Um, no. I know that um, Chip, our our friend Chip, hey Chip, has made a point that he he has a different point of view that he feels that athletes are not just athletes, they're entertainers, but he does agree that it, they should accommodate mental health issues. And, oh, and I, we concur on that point that that needs to be taken into account. And I think yeah. that applies to everyone. Yeah. Um, and so he's saying that, you know, the prize money comes from eyeballs to watch on TV. And a lot of the TV time is not the matches and the games. That's a good point too. So I think let's look at how we can make the system better. Yeah. And not so predatory. Yeah. I mean, and I think I get the entertainment part of it, but is, but that entertainment for me, and I think for other yeah. fans of any sport is the play, it's the game, it's the sport, yeah. it's, you know, what they yeah. do on, on the courts that, and on the fields that, that that's where you're entertained because you love the game and you, you love watching people play it and excel at it. And, and that's where they, I don't think that they owe me their life. I don't think that they have to, to be put on the spot and made to feel uncomfortable. That's not entertaining for me. Maybe it is for some people. And again, I do enjoy, you know, reading good profiles and learning more about their strategy. But I think that we're talking about a timing issue and I think that it should be on their terms, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, especially in the, you know, the area of sports, I almost said arena of sports, but we don't want to do bad puns here on that solo life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it's almost a, <laughs> where, you know, it's, it's such a, a data driven, you know, you either, you're either the fastest or you score the most, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, asking Meryl Streep, well, how did you embody this person to make me cry for 20 minutes kind of thing? Although, you know, yeah, yeah. I will say good. Yeah. Sport no, writing. I agree. I agree. Shout out to good sports writing. There is a certain romance to good sports writing. I can read World Series articles that just make me ball like a baby. So shout out to those reporters who can spin a good yarn. Can I just tell you that I'm? (laughs) Don't hate me. I know you and Daria. I I'm not a baseball fan. I enjoy going to baseball games. I know Chip uh, is also a baseball fan, um, and he actually, you know, is a ref too. But I don't like watching them. But What's your sport? I love those reporters that write those great baseball stories. I read them and I enjoy them. And I'm not even somebody like, I don't know what he's talking about and some, you know, the technical stuff. And I don't know the people, but (laughs) I'm sorry. That's That's all right. I I let it go. I'm like, like, we know what you meant. The the people that that call the things. Yeah. Well, I, I'm still getting out of my Sixers depression. So, you know, <laughs> I need a Xanax after that last playoff game. <laughs> yeah. So, I, have we covered the gamut of everything? I don't know, you I guys. Think so. I think we covered, yeah, yeah, some hot topics today. Give you a lot to grab some popcorn and enjoy us. <laughs> because it's summer and we wanted to lighten things up a little bit. And it's yeah. important to talk about these issues and topics and as we think about, you know, how we, how we do our work. And I think that all of these really touch on, and yes, they're all media relations centric, but I think there's some lessons to learn there as well in, in how we manage clients. Um, one big takeaway from the blade situation. And I know none of our solos would do this, but I also know that all of us have had clients 
ask us to do crazy things like oh, that. I too yeah. have had a client, you know, we were involving a customer um, in the story as we often do to add more color and to give it more context. And the customer wanted to be anonymous. And I said, well, then we can't use them. Um, well, can't we make up a name? And and the client in their mind thought that that was perfectly okay. And I'm like, so no, because <laughs> that's kind of not how this works. We're not making up names. If, if he doesn't want to talk to the media, then that's fine. We move on. We find a customer who is willing to talk to the media and use their real name. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people really in their heads think that this stuff is okay, yeah. which is where I question all of the counselors within the Blade organization. Did no one stand up and say, this is not okay? Yeah. Was no Appar- one? Apparently not. Certainly a culture thing. Certainly a culture thing. But let's not work in any of those cultures. <laughs> no, no, let's not. Let's aim higher and better. And uh, we thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life. If you have some hot topics that you'd like us to discuss, please send them our way. Check it out at soloprpro.com and send us a note. But until next time, thanks for joining us on That Solo Life. <laughs>